0: A copy of the product disclosure statement is available at generatekeywysaver.co.nz. The issuer of the scheme is Generate Investment Management Limited and, of course, past performance does not guarantee future returns. The Fold is brought to you by Omedia, making brands unmissable and public spaces better across Aotearoa. Kia ora and welcome to The Fold, uh, the third episode for, for February of 2020. Um, I'm your host, Duncan Grieve, and I'm, I was originally planning on uh, interviewing Paul Thompson, the CEO of RNZ, who have had an absolute bell ringer of a month. But um, perhaps understandably, he was called away to any one of, could have been 15 to 20 different things that that were uh, sort of screaming a lot louder than this for his attention and this you know, kind of apocalyptic month for them. So I've got the next best thing, um, which is uh, Toby Manhire. You You want me
1: to play the role of Paul Thompson?
0: Oh, uh, that, that's why I originally considered because you are like you know known as around the spin-off offices as as many things, but particularly as our, our master impersonator. We
1: could do it. We could sort of um, present it as there have been cutbacks, and so rather than having Paul Thompson, we've now just got an automated service that is delivering Paul Thompson.
0: Yeah. Yeah that's good actually I just got that. I, um, I'm, I'm a little slow you should be slow you've been doing the bulletin this week
1: I'm exhausted I'm a wreck
0: yeah lots of you did a funny story didn't you I
1: did it oh no I did a story on the website the spin-off yeah yeah, yeah. about um, bananas bananas yeah good stuff so I'm very well uh, equipped to Declare interesting things about what is this about? Is this the real pod?
0: This is the real pod. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I hope you're well prepped. <clears throat> you have watched the requisite fifteen hours of reality oh, yeah. um No, this is the Fold, which is a podcast about the media and in New Zealand and and its kind of intersection with the world. Though so this one is very, very inward looking. Um, it's very New Zealand facing. It's it's basically about. Uh, February for Radio New Zealand, or, uh, or RNZ as it's more properly known, um, which has had at least two, no, kind of three, three big stories, um, ranging from kind of almost existential to sort of the the meat and potatoes of what they're they're doing, but but on a very large stage. Um, the uh, so, so, but I wanted to start by talking about the, the sort of the biggest one, the one that made the most. Um, we, it's weird because you'd think that the prospect of it being merged with TVNZ would have been the biggest story of the month, but the, the uh, potential, some changes really, quite big changes, but changes as opposed to complete cancellation of. It's sort of second frequency RNZ concert seems a lot like that. Just dominated the month. It exploded in a way I, I, did, I guess I didn't necessarily anticipate.
1: That's isn't it? That because the RNZ TVNZ thing was nothing. It was a big fat nothing. The, the it was just a, a business case being sent out for discussion and nothing. Like there wasn't anything to to talk about. It's it's a bit like something is so macro and generalised that there's sort of so little to discuss. Whereas the concert change and the youth plans were so full of detail and so sudden and, let's face it, so mismanaged that it was immediately a story.
0: That's certainly how I explain the vast differential in the number of page views that my story about the TVNZ, RNZ uh, business case got versus your reporting, your very good reporting on the um, the RNZ concert changes has got. Uh, the... But uh, we will get to RNZ, TVNZ, because I think even though it was a great big nothing, there is a lot of something underneath it. But I think we should start with talking about RNZ concert and its uh, death and and very fast resuscitation. It was almost kind of a bit like Easter, wasn't it?
1: Um, And that whole went down in just a few days and then it rose again.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: Is it okay? Can I say that?
0: I I think everything's okay now. Okay. that's the this was the sort of great lesson of this era. Mm-hmm. Um, so, tell, can you 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 reported it very well for us? You, you had good sources at RNZ. Um, talk talk me through what happened. What we're actually discussing.
1: Uh, I think it was the day before Waitangi Day, so uh, I think it was Wednesday the fifth of February, and the people who work on concert and in music programs were uh, gathered together. um, And uh, they were told by um, Paul Thompson, the CEO, and Willie McAllister, who's the the head of music, um, that there was to be a major restructure. And they were presented with a consultation document, although to them, several people told me this, it felt more like a fait accompli. And essentially what it involved was Disestablishing eighteen or I think jobs and replacing them, uh, repla- re- replacing those roles, those equivalent full-time roles with people who would run a, a, a youth brand, a youth media brand, as it's described. Um, it, it was it, it it meant a lot to people, kind of for their for their livelihoods, but also it represented a major kind of shift in focus. Um, uh, people the people who worked in on concert and across music that i spoke to said they 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 didn't see it coming there'd been strategy documents they'd been presented with a bunch of kind of demographic psychodemographic stuff like this 10 new zealanders thing that i've got a version of oh what's that which carves up new zealanders into 10 types including curious grazers tell it like it is sports fans is that you yeah or are you more relaxed and unwind? It's very weird. It's kind of like some of them are nouns, some of them are verbs. A lot of it feels very abstracted and written by copywriters who are just trying to finish it off. It's, it's a strange thing. Anyway, it's fine. Of course they need to look at their audience. But basically all of this was based on a need to reach a bigger audience, a, a younger, more diverse audience, but principally a bigger audience. Um, then what happened? Is that what, what I should Get on to then what happened? Are we doing a then what happened?
0: Yeah, I think we should do it then what happened. I mean the the broad the broad reasoning as you just touched on is that like RNZ is supposed to be a, a station or, or or a you know an entity that, that touches and, and gives um information and, and entertainment to mm. to all New Zealanders. That's sort of foundational to it. But it's got this problem where for all its very good qualities, its core audience for RNZ National is old as shit, and its uh, RNZ concert audience might best be characterised as older mm. as shit. And and they have for a long time sort of fretted and thought, how do we how do we get younger on on a static budget? And yeah. this was this has been the obvious thing to do since at least
1: 1995. Yes, um, you know when 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 Neil Finn and others were agitating um
0: when I mean, they were young people ish at yeah, the time that's right now that's right. um in the concert demo
1: i should say um so as not to misrepresent what it was is that the the idea was not for concert to disappear entirely but it would lose the fm frequency which is a pretty crucial thing and it would be gutted basically which was a word that was Put in RNZ's own coverage and then change for cut back. But, but 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 it wasn't to completely remove it, but it was to essentially take it away. And that,
0: that- and lo- Losing announcers, like context. I mean, all, all music is, is elevated by context, but you'd think that classical music would require it. Kind of more than most in some ways.
1: On, on concert it would mean removing the you know the, the anchors or the, yeah. I don't know if they call themselves djs or not that might be a bit too modern
0: Put but, hat to the back.
1: but there's also but, but on top of that there's the whole kind of features side of music, so there are a whole bunch of people who work in music across are uh, national and concert, and basically there seem to be no way back for those people either and um, if you look across uh, national. Um, there's a whole bunch of music content that is not just Music 101. Music 101, the Saturday program, was told that it would be surviving. There's a whole lot of other stuff if you think the way it's threaded through, and much better now than it used to be, whether it's on the Friday afternoon Jesse Mulligan live slots. Just bits and pieces generally have a bit more coherence than they used to, and so it seemed as though those people were also gonna be losing their jobs. Um, And then there was that outcry from, who knew, uh, the most powerful activist group New Zealand has seen perhaps ever. Um, uh, They hadn't quite, I think they hadn't quite figured just how powerful that group was. I mean, it's hard to imagine a more, I mean, the cruel way to describe them would be to describe them as patrician, but certainly they're people who understand how power works, who understand how to to affect change, who to talk to, how the levers of power work. We're talking about former MPs, we're talking about former... Uh, lawyers, former ambassadors. It's quite a uh, kind of well-heeled group, and they were really fucked off, you know. Um, and the most, I mean, the most powerful um, f- person in New Zealand <laughs> outside politics and the normal thing, a semi-retired person, perhaps you could describe her as, of course, Helen Clark. So she became the kind of de facto leader of this group, and but, within within seven days, it was it was done.
0: Uh, yeah, and and so so. I mean, it is—it's quite extraordinary to me. Um, I mean, as you and, and others pointed out, that that this—you know—of of all of the issues impacting New Zealand, you know, this week we had a, a UN special rapporteur c- calling our housing crisis in fact a human rights crisis, and you know, and on down the chain, that um, the the single issue which has aroused the 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 most passion in some respects, and certainly the fastest response, has mm. been a classical musical st- music station which I I mean I, I don't think I know I could be wrong but I don't think I know anyone who has listened to it in the past like five years intentionally I
1: I mean I, I think there is always a danger with these things of well, what's the term—is it whataboutism or whataboutery you know like there's always there's always another there's not a kind to, to do a kind of hierarchy of issues is not necessarily a kind of reasonable way and to 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 to, to criticize things and yet and yet and yet it was amazing I mean I kind of feel like at the same time I don't want to I I mean I guess what I was thinking is this is interesting it would be cool if a lot of these people who are so fired up because of something they really value they genuinely um, regard as a taonga um, as a crucial part of the kind of cultural fabric of New Zealand and so on that they kind of channel that energy Onward into another thing they feel important, feel feel is really important. I don't know what it might be. It might be uh, the lack of implementation of the Welfare Advisory Group recommendations. It might be climate change. It could be asbestos. I don't know what it is, but like, you know, now that now that now that you've found your feet, um,
0: you've realised your power. Like, 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 I mean, some of this stuff is just latent, isn't it? But it does appear just as quickly as they appeared. You know, the the coffin lid. You know, creaked open. The hand got out, and put the. This is a metaphor. This is a metaphor. It it took the the needle and put it back on the on the 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 sort of long player, long gramophone. Well, it's a gramophone, right? Anyway, look, I, I didn't really plan that in advance. I'm not, I'm not Ben Thomas. <laughs> but no um, sooner did that happen as, yeah. as they sort of slunk back and, and they have just like mission accomplished. Well, accomplished. who knows?
1: They might be planning something else. I mean, yeah, you, you could, for example, um, now that that kind of muscle is, 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 is in shape, what about, as people have pointed out, um, the, the iwi radio stations, which get 500k each annually and and are on their knees, many of them, trying to make it work from the smell of an naughty rag. What about putting some energy into making sure that they too, or, you know, there are a range of other
0: areas. Well, I mean, the other thing is, this is, concert was the, the third sort of um, institution of New Zealand's kind of broadcasting scene to be imperiled or have some giant change hit it um, mm. in the last three months. The first was three, our largest private sector TV channel mm. uh, which was announced as being for for sale uh, in a process that is apparently ongoing, certainly very much incomplete. Uh, in I think it was November or, or December of last year. And just this week, uh, Radio Sport announced that it would no longer be playing the, the cricket, which, you know, on a is is we we in my head, the like like test match cricket on the radio feels almost like classical music in a way, albeit to my mind, again, just uh, without having numbers to hand, feels like it, it's a lot more popular uh, in a cultural sense. Yet the the extent of the outcry for for, for either of them was nil. It's seen as yeah. a sort of a fate complete, yeah. and and if they fall, they fall, despite them being far more popular.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, of course. So the, I mean, the interesting thing, the the, the extent to which they're um, analogous, is interesting because. Of course, you know, ZB used to be a state-owned network um, and then ZB now part of NZME, but Radio Sport, which used to be Sports Roundup on the AM network. um, Because it's happened gradually, Mm. I don't think that there's been so much outcry. Now it's a private company. You can hardly repudiate NZME for saying we can't make this work and NZ Cricket want too much money from us. But in fact, if you look at Australia, there's ABC Grandstand, dear old Jim Maxwell, and mm. um, in, in the in the UK you've got Test Match Special, this kind of kind of you know high chamber of, of of cricket commentary. You know that's sacrosanct. You can't you can. I mean the BBC's under attack at the moment, but you can't
0: imagine.
1: <laughs> could the last thing that will remain will be TMS with bloody Jonathan Agnew still? Um, standing there and um uh, lecturing everybody, but you know what I mean like it is it is it is one of those things that I think is it, it 's an interesting comparison because one hasn 't been whittled in the same way. Can I just say one other thing in terms of that context? you mentioned those other issues. The other thing that was raised a lot by people who were upset about the concert decision was that it came on the back of two other uh stories, one being the cutbacks at the National Archive and the other being the, um, what's the posh word, the decataloguing or the, the thinning of collect foreign collections at the National Library. So for people who, and there's all been like a sort of small controversy around NZ Books, the periodical losing its funding, so there was a kind of general feeling I think from a lot of people that for want of a better description you might say the Wellington Central set, um, who are, which of course is the... Electorate um, for whom the, for which the MP is Grant Robertson, who is also the finance minister. Um, that they were getting pretty pissed off, and of course it played out quite extraordinarily on Twitter originally, where Helen Clark sort of basically it felt like she was summoning Grant Robertson, her Grant Robertson, her former protege, into her office and giving him a good ticking off. And he said, "Yes, Helen, we'll look into it."
0: And it was it was amazing. It was, it was extraordinary, the, and, it, and it shows the the sort of psychic hold she retains over the Labor Party. One thing, which uh, sort of another element of it, which is which is quite interesting, is the extent to which this was known by uh, sort of cabinet um, within or, or senior people within the Labor Party, yeah. because the sort of framing of it has been, or, or certainly that the tone that has come from the likes of Aden and Robertson has been that it was, while this is an operational matter and should thus be something yeah. that, that, is, um, that RNZ should should be at liberty to do themselves, yeah. that had they known that this was, that something at this scale was in the offing, they would have uh, looked at what, what levers they could pull, pull to sort of make it an and rather than an or. Um What's your sense of whether that is an accurate um, sort of way of constructing the, the, the episode or, or whether there, there was whether there was more of a misjudgment from perhaps uh, the, the relevant minister being Farfoy or whether other Labour people just didn't know quite what a bomb it would be? Well,
1: Paul Thompson, the CEO, and Jim Mather, the chair of the board, have described it as a miscommunication which is, you know, mm. which is which is, which is is certainly true, but it's hard to think of a way that you could more understate it. Or, you know, I mean, it, it, it is that. And there was this meeting that um, Matha said he phoned into and uh, Paul Thompson was at physically and Farfoy was at and various officials, at which they were, this was the week before the announcement, um, we're told they were briefed on what was going on. And the miscommunication that Thompson has specified is one where, whereby they... W- they failed to communicate that they were going to signal that the FM frequency would be lost to the public, and um, which is kind of one of those things that you kind of think, "Hmm, <laughs> that, that's certainly that's certainly not the impression that uh, Dern, Robertson, and Farfoy were conveying." Um, and so there was a there were. I mean, mis- it wasn't a communication; it was a cock up. Yes, you know. I mean, it just there's just no other way of putting it. That having said all that, there's this this weird paradox whereby if you were going to apply some kind of crazy conspiratorial Machiavellian analysis, you'd say this is the most brilliant budget bidding process ever witnessed. Because it seems to me, and I've asked and haven't been given confirmation, it seems to me that the clear outcome is that there's been an indication given to RNZ that they will be sorted out. Because Thompson, a week after the first meeting, went and said, we're withdrawing it it's done that this
0: this whole document that i've got here this consulta- consultation document tear this, it up this is the most journalisty thing i've ever seen he, he, i should just to describe for you listeners he has the this consultation document photographs of it at the interior of a Quite a stack of A4 paper. I'm going to go with thirty or forty sheets, and surrounded by not his usual sort of little stick figure, sort of <laughs> grotesquery <laughs> men which he draws all the time, but actual notes. It's bloody outstanding. That's
1: right. I have written words down on a piece of paper, ladies and gentlemen. That is the secret source. Um, and but 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 for them to do that to say, we're completely we're completely un- unwinding what we'd planned leave that. Sorry. Sorry about that. I don't think they're sure they said sorry, but just it's basically a great, the world's biggest control Z you've ever seen. And then, but we're also going to do the youth media project. That's cool. That's still happening too. We're carrying on. They'll be planning to advertise. And that's, it expressly says in this, in this document that I've got here, that it has to be, they have to achieve it within their existing funding. You know, that's The whole thing is predicated Mm. on that. That's why they had to lose those jobs. So something has changed to the effect that they no longer feel that that requirement is there, which, of course, I mean, I wonder what Treasury have to say about that, for example. Can you imagine if another kind of government entity said, actually, we're just going to spend an extra five mil a year because, you know, we really want these things, and people got upset. Uh, I mean, that,
0: it's almost it's unimaginable, it's right? Yeah, absolutely. And the the yeah the the fact of the the pace of it it is it is strange, right? Because as you say, the if you look at just purely sort of where they were and the outcome of where they suddenly appear headed a week later, hmm. there has never been a better kind of you know. You look at all the cliches about this government that is mired in working groups and that can't make a decision. Well, you know, <laughs> this episode, the absolute lightning pace of it and the fact that the core organisation has gotten to a far better place than it could ever have imagined being and that, broadly speaking, even if you think, and we'll talk about the, the how sound the idea of a youth network is in 2020 shortly, but even if you think it's a bad or indifferent idea certainly like no one's going to be worse off and there's a chance of it being a lot better off the, mm. the fact that that's happened so quickly like you know there's a lot of other people just as you said you know like use if, if you that same group had applied there who, who got the change made so quickly had applied their their passions elsewhere you know there must be a lot of people going man we have been hammering at a door mm. wanting like half a million bucks mm. for our rehab center or whatever yeah and this is just it's it's extraordinary um just just before we move on you know Helen Clark levelled a number of charges at RNZ um which I thought were quite unfair because as much as you know I, I maligned their audience or, or defined their audience earlier as being older shit and I should say that I listen to a lot of RNZ I know you do too and I um but that that's I, I and I think it's probably broadly true it also remains an extraordinary uh, RNZ national an extraordinary mm. agenda setting news operation that that does a huge amount with not a, with not a lot of money comparatively speaking and it does run brand campaigns at the moment which I personally think are quite bad but you know that that could be you know maybe that's where her her sense of it's coming from I actually think that the integrity of what they have the, the attempt to kind of hold the integrity of, of programs like checkpoint and, and Morning report while also building out podcasts and, and an online operation it looks much it looks like it's about trying to um, hold the values of RNZ the historical values while expressing them in different ways and and, and evolving them in a way that keeps the old audience and, and builds a new one under very constrained circumstances which is a very long winded of saying I'm I, I broadly speaking admire of what uh, Paul Thompson and and his team have done yet Clark asserted that that RNZ is all about brand now do you, what do you make of that
1: well one thing i would say about RNZ's performance um particularly over this period is that you see a bunch of excellent broadcasters and journalists who really held their own management to account. So, I th- And Clark Clark commended that. But I would say one thing in defence of Paul Thompson on that is that I have been told that he has uh, encouraged and empowered the newsroom to do just that in the two main scandals that he's... Scandals? You know, the two, the, two, the, 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 the Carol Hirschfeld episode mm. when Claire Curran happened. And the uh, Astoria Coffee, and then this most recent one, he empowered his his, his newsrooms to go for them, not to you know, um, which of course they shouldn't need to be told, and probably don't need to be told, but it helps that they're told that. You know, it, um, it's one of the things that 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 I think um, is a great strength in public broadcasters is that they should have. The luxury not to feel quite so fragile when they take those things on as to the brand point i do think i mean i noted this in one of my pe- pieces i do i did think when you read this document it's all about a brand it's all about creating a new brand and it's an interesting thing isn't,
0: that an interesting isn't that, is it interesting
1: wor- word that that if you you know i mean even 10 15 years ago people would go what like i was interested when the, there's a new ceo at the guardian and i remarked when she, um, who seems brilliant, um, but she tweeted that she's very excited to be joining a brand that she admires, and it's kind of, it's kind of amazing that you would call it a brand because a brand is, you know, an advertising term. It's having said that, it's partly because there aren't other words.
0: Well, this is the thing. It's it's a, it's know, a catch-all. What, it needs to be a website what are we What are we? Well, you know, and some podcasts we're a and
1: post-platform world. So, so in yeah. a way, it just becomes a kind of convenient uh, shorthand. For describing
0: a multimedia enti- uh, multimedia entity, yeah, an operation, an site.
1: outlet, uh, what what the fuck are we? You know, yeah. so, so so so. I actually think, in fairness, that brand is not necessarily meant in that kind of pure imagey way that it sometimes seems when you talk about when a when, when a marketing or an advertising agency says the spin-off needs to work on its brand. That's sort of different, yeah. in a way. Um, but it's come to it definitely. There is something in there, um, but but I think they're probably that's not as as egregious as, as it might sound because um, because it is used as a kind of catch-all. I mean, the other thing on that, I guess, is that a thing that I think has been lost in this or lost in talking the talk about RNZ overall is that this whole thing stems from a point that is made in the consultation document, and it reads... Um, sort of bottom of the first page. RNZ has now set itself a new target of one in two New Zealanders, which it then helpfully puts in brackets, fifty percent <laughs> by 2023 by quote creating a lifelong relationship with all the people of Aotearoa. Which kind of so sort of fine. That's quite a big ambition, right? To go for half the country. Um, What's amazing is that no one had been talking about that. It was in their statement of intent that was tabled in Parliament. As far as I'm aware, no one had reported that until I reported it in the context of the original piece about what was happening with the restructure. And that's amazing to me because it's a big deal, right? And obviously, if that's your mission, they use the word mission in here. If that's your mission, and part of that is the radical sharing, they have been doing all these things, all pretty good things in my view, to try and reach... More New Zealanders. What could be wrong with that, right? But if that is your motivation above all else, rather than other public broadcasting imperatives, I mean, you can you can get things around the wrong way, is what I'm suggesting. If that it's you've sort of got, if that if that's if that's the um if that's the everything, if that's the becomes the raison d'être, then of course you need to reach more yeah, people. You, of course you need to younger, but to reach younger people. But if it's just for the sake of chalking up a number
0: you I, know I, I i know what you're saying i i think that there is a there's always a tension with public broadcasting this you know wreathian uh hmm. thing uh where, where lord wreath was a sort of an early proponent of the bbc and i think the, the 30s but they, basically the the tension is is public there's the function of public broadcasting to create content um words i'm sure that would have him rolling in his uh hmm catacomb Um, but you know is it to create content which the public needs is it sort of nourishment for them and even if they don't like it it's what they bloody need is it the elite of the broadcasting and political world deciding what that is or is it to sort of reflect and create um, content that 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 basically just that they democratically choose to consume i mean and if you want to see that expressed the best way to do that is to look at tvnz and rnz tvnz very much would not be a retail organization it's it's explicitly commercial but it also wants to be audience led it has ideas about how it should kind of pivot and and kind of you know do, do things that are in the national interest but it doesn't do that i mean that's the whole reason that tvnz 7 happened was because there were people who thought that there should be arts programming and books programming and so on whereas rnz i think is is more ethian in that respect Uh, the 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 goal of reaching 50 percent of the population to me you know i think it's i agree that it's it's admirable and i see it more in the sense of creating a a justification for its existence. I think if it and this was actually where the concert, where the argument against concert came from, was that yes, it is you know it's reasonably popular. Mm. There is a near in, you know you do a Venn diagram of, mm. of the concert audience and the RNZ national audience, and it's basically a circle. You know they they have mean, huge amounts of crossover.
1: Well, they they the way they the way they measured it was there. I think there are one hundred and seventy thousand concert listeners, and one hundred thousand of them listen to national. Which to my mind is quite lower than you might have expected, but 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 exactly. So that's but that's an interesting way of looking at it, right? Like, that's not necessarily wrong, but what they're basically saying is that listener counts less than the other one because they're already listening to another product. Do they? Well, you know, uh, well, when I, it was a trade off, it was a that seemed like a quite a ruthless trade off.
0: Well, I, 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 rather I, than I, and. I personally really respected it in the sense that it's saying that you, you, that the hundred thousand who listen to both. Are almost double dipping on this public funding that there, and that the yeah. the vast number of people, the eighty percent of the population who listen to neither, are getting nothing, and you've got this little privileged group of a hundred thousand, you know, two percent of the population, who who are getting double, and yeah, you know, I think that that was where the argument for for youth radio came about. Yeah. Um, let's let's talk quickly about youth radio. Okay, uh, good idea.
1: Well, we touched on it, didn't we, a bit earlier? That it is. I mean, I definitely feel like um, it was a good idea in in, in 1997. You know, mm. I mean, and I, I don't, I don't, I don't mean that to be snarky, uh, or maybe just a teeny, teeny bit snarky. But I mean, I, but but the the kind of arguments that have been put forward are against it, are, uh, come on, everyone's on Spotify now, and there are already a plethora of commercial radio stations that are serving that market. Um, and and. Campus radio. In well, particular. Indeed. Um, and those are all real things. I mean, the counterpoint to that is why do, does this group of people who have their particular tastes, who have their slightly kind of highbrow, there's no doubting that, deserve to have commercial free. Um, Broadcasting with kind of particular standards and expectations and um, depth in it, whereas this group don't. You know, I think that's a, I think that's a pretty compelling. Pretty compelling question, um, and Triple J is uh, something that's often mentioned um, in Australia, and that's a success. It's been around for a while, right? It's been around so it's for nearly big, fifty years. Big stake in the ground. So starting something new, it is. It is a the, the question is is whether it's an anachronism, you know. And um, clearly, you know, the fact that they call it a brand, they're not called they haven't, don't call it a station because they realise that it would have to be a digital. <laughs> brand but you know i mean the wireless this is the issue for right? all its strengths when that ran um uh just didn't didn't create the audience i mean i think i think i i mean i have huge admiration for so much of the work that was produced and so many of the journalists that were there most of them um and yet i think sometimes it had a feel of what you what 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 you parents would like to think their kids are reading right what rather the, what than the what people kids who are reading
0: yeah what the people who saved rnz concert thought a youth brand should should cover uh that said that they, they, they recruited some great people and they did some fantastic work it, you know is and i mean the wireless was pitched as a as a as a youth network effectively like the mm. language is near identical oh,
1: Yeah, it, it sort of cross-faded into it yeah
0: and it was uh I mean, it was a very small team. I don't think it ever numbered even ten. No, it was uh, small, and it was it was in
1: and in a, so it never quite had the resources. It had an NZ on air tie up, so it was doing video stuff before people were really watching. You know, was before before the bullshit pivot to video, and you know, <laughs> so well, there wasn't. But it, but if, if it had had an FM network, who can say, right? You know, so like I mean, there is still there is still the, the idea that people don't listen. People do. People do listen to the radio. I mean, we can just look at the entire media landscape in New Zealand. The one. The one island that is still lush and effective and comfortable is radio. That's yeah. that's where the money is, right?
0: Yeah, but the it's it, the, the, the no. I don't think anyone's denying that people are questioning, and I think are right to question whether if you were if you were given three million dollars and said you must reach there's there's this group of people who just aren't being served by public mm-hmm. media. They're under thirty, mm. uh, what's the medium you would pick to target them? I, I don't think anyone with a blank sheet of paper and a three million dollar check is going to go let's let's go get a radio frequency. I, I think that that's sort of that that's the oh, thing well, that people be, are struggling it with. It.
1: Yeah. Anyway, I mean, we, I mean, if it's not clear, they ended up the government did in coming up with another FM frequency, which is one that had been kind of uh, mothballed, really. Um, but apparently it's going to cost a lot of money to set that up i don't know what like like that's going to cost a lot of money too um someone told
0: me yeah that, I'm, I'm sure that's true I, millions I, millions said,
1: i don't know I'd lot
0: i just want to take a quick break to remind you that uh, to tell you that the, the the folder is brought to you by the spinoff members which is a program by which our readers and listeners can contribute to the spinoff which is you know, essentially a, a, a free-to-air public-spirited wreathian uh, broadcaster of its own um it's actually as of right now an hour till uh, applications close for the role of gallery reporter so by, as you're listening to this they will have closed but that is that's a huge moment for the spin-off and that it's the first full-time uh reporting role um that the spin-off members have made possible it's it's something that Toby and I have talked about since before Toby worked at, at the spin-off. Um, it's something we're both incredibly excited about and, and we're going into, you know, what's going to be an absolute huntinger of an election and the fact that the spin-off will have a presence in uh, in Parliament reporting on it is, is, is really exciting to us. Um, all, all of our kind of, you know, or a huge part of, that, of what we see as our, our growth, our future is, is contained in members and uh, the, we would love to think that this is just the first of, of a number of journalists we will be able to hire as that program grows. Um, the great thing about it is you can contribute as much or as little as you feel comfortable with. And if, But if you do donate uh, $8 a month or more, you get a, a, a special gift. As of right now, it's a Toby Morris designed tea towel, which is lovely and uh, washes pretty well in my experience. Um, so if you go to the spinoff.co.nz forward slash members, you will make more journalism happen, which is a lovely thing. I think we can all agree. Um, beautiful. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, let's, let's talk a bit about the, um, what you described as this really boring, nothing, <laughs> the, the, <laughs> and probably actually oh, mm. the RNZ TVNZ merger, mm. um, which is, you know, almost the opposite of the concert FM thing and that it was. It's been discussed in sort of, <coughs> in some capacity for a long time. They were obviously originally merged when they were born, sort of sixty odd years ago, in the New Zealand Broadcasting Corporation, and then they were broken into pieces uh, subsequent to that. And the drums have been beating louder and louder. I, I wrote about it, I think, in September of last year when the rumours were starting to really fly. Mm. Uh, the RNZ themselves um, broke the news of it, sort of, you know, being uh, sort of discussed in, in cabinet at, uh, in earnest uh, I think in December of last year which apparently fucked the r- people off pretty royally uh, because had it you know what they were doing was delicately staging these discussions and they were trying to get cross party support and uh, you know to talk to to, to the Greens, to talk to National um, but it all sort of preempted that. that, certainly that's the story that's doing the rounds and um, as a result it made it more difficult than it might otherwise have been which is potentially why we've got to this point where we're where they're doing a sort of a six month exploratory business case analysis, which is great for PWC, but for the rest of us who sort of just want to know what the hell's going on in this, this very unstable media environment, it's quite quite mad shit.
1: I mean I think what they're doing really is kicking the can down the road, aren't they? I mean one 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 other part that I thought you might mention there, which was a kind of Amusing cameo was when Winston Peters, who has spent the last week railing against the evils of RNZ, stood up in the Beehive Theatre summoned the media for a special press conference to say that he supported the TVNZ RNZ merger and the um, NZME stuff
0: merger and the
1: NZME NZME stuff um, merger, which would require a sort of that special Kiwi share <coughs> carve out, yada yada. Some yada, sort yada. of act of parliament. Anyway, having, him standing up there as the um, the kind of the great um, defender of the, the New Zealand media kind of rings a bit hollow um, given recent
0: days. Um, what was the question? There, there wasn't one. Um, he He's quite an interesting guy. I wonder what his sort of thinking was there. Like, like yeah, he's quite an understatement to say he's an interesting guy. Uh, obviously, he is one of the most fascinating people in, in New Zealand political history. The... Do you think that he, when he did that, I'm going to ask you to indulge in some completely, um, you know, mindless speculation here. But w- w- what was the what was the motivation there? Because he he clearly spends a lot of his time antagonizing journalists and not answering their questions or refusing to be interviewed at all. Mm. Do you think that he thought by saying that he he would they would go easy on him or something like what was what was that?
1: No, I don't. I think there's partly a bit of theatre about it. Um,
0: but also, someone actually told
1: me way back when this, was a, when this was first being talked about, when Jane Patterson, as you say, I, right. um, I, I, I spoke to a few people in, in RNZ and TVNZ at the time, and someone who's quite well-placed told me that actually New Zealand First is quite, quite an important part of this. So it may have been a kind of attempting to get the credit for it, of course, the political calculus is always for the smaller parties trying to get credit where it's due and to where just to be visible and to um show that you're either doing good things or in the part of new zealand first law of the time stopping things that your supporters might not like so i suspect it was probably motivated by something as simple as that to try and grasp the initiative and get some sort of ownership of of that push because i mean you talk about the nzbc well um a lot of New Zealand First's policy platform is about a New Zealand that has been left behind. You know, they that's they're quite open about that. They want would like us to return to many of the values of the previous uh, millennium.
0: Maldonist Party
1: uh, in parts, yeah, in parts, totally. Um, you know, and, and Winston Peters often says, not 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 completely without reason, that he didn't leave the National Party. The National Party left him, you know, effectively. So lovely line. So I don't know if he does say that, but he means it um yeah so 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 I imagine it was that, but the whole thing has had a kind of slightly clumsy feel about it, i mean going all the way back to uh the days of clear Curran. Um, RNZ+. plus r n z plus and now we've got this fully tooled up checkpoint r n z plus newsroom that that um People aren't particularly watching, you know. There are all sorts of questions around that too, um, uh, and 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 so I think they've kicked the can down the road, really, haven't they? I think, and I think that 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 I mean, if I had to put money on it, I mean, obviously, I don't, do not know. I mean, it's definitely been talked about this. I don't think it's going to happen, really. In this form, I just, I mean. It's not going to happen before the election.
0: Well, clearly. Um, I mean, they, they've said 2023
1: so is the sort of... Well, no, that, was where, that would be when it would happen. So I think that they would have to legislate to make it happen well before 2023. Yeah. But they're obviously not going to do that before the election. Well,
0: they're, they're, this isn't even scheduled to come back until basically the height it's of the ex- campaign. Ex-
1: exactly. And so that's 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 basically... It's basically they're cauterising it, I yeah. think. Yeah. Um, and, and then it will be up to the next government, whomever they might be. Might be the same lot, might be the different lot, might be a different version of the same lot. Um, you know, it might be that if, it let's say, if it was a Labor-Green government, they might want to do different things differently. Obviously, a national government has already opposed this. Um, mm. And then there are so many questions, and you and I have um, have nerdily chucked around a lot of hypotheses um, in the office on this, is that there are so many sort of next level questions about this or or, or one tier down questions, which is one of the reasons it's sort of weird is, as you mentioned at the top, that this should be the one that has got so much less heat and so much less attention is because we haven't got past this, the sort of very top of the flow diagram, which is fucking enormous. There are so many issues that flow on from when you make a decision. Yeah, we're going to do it. I mean, they're doing this, they're doing a business case. Well, is that going to be a...
0: Well, what's the business case for merging well, a, a, a sort of an entirely government-funded entity with a, a not-for-profit entity? Like they're, they're, Neither of them are businesses in the sense I mean, that we would eventually understand
1: them. No, and so I guess you have to interpret business case in the broader sense of, you know, a kind of um, project case. You know, what, yeah. is the, what is the argument for and against? But will that, for example, take into consideration the, democratic, the issues around democracy mm. um, without wanting to, um, you know... Get into sounding um, banal. It's a, that's a really big deal because part of the rationale for this whole thing is no. Well, the, the the main rationale for this whole thing is that those of us who work in this industry are in peril. You know, and I mean, don't don't I'm not concerned about us as individuals, but it's a different industry. It's an industry that has some massive public importance in terms of the role it performs. Um, so if you're going to do this and then there is the potential that it might do harm <laughs> to the media overall, and there really is, I could explain a bunch of scenarios in which that would happen. It might not, too. Um, is it the right thing to do? I don't know whether or not that's going to be considered in this business case, Th- that's, whether that's happened in the cabinet discussions. I don't know.
0: Well, no, that, that's that's the thing that, that I find quite striking about it is that... Uh, you know, like you, who is it for? So, so in the aftermath of it, uh, the campaign for better public broadcasting, which is a mm. an organisation of actually very the, the same kinds of people, uh, making a sweeping statement that saved RNZ concert in a, in a week with a few tweets. Yeah, um, who have long who who basically got together in the aftermath of I think. I, well i think in the mid 2000s and they got yeah. they ended up getting given tvnz7 and, and the charter and so TVNZ7
1: on and they they've long campaigned for more funding for RNZ on a basic level too and that's 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 at the core of what they
0: do yeah they 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 have a perspective and that is a very um you know that this idea that there that there there are things which are commonly found in in australia in canada in the uk yeah. um from a public broadcaster that new zealand used to have yeah. and that it no longer has, and that every year as this, the media kind of shrinks and gets more um, sort of buffeted by commercial forces, that it, it needs more. And they, they have, credit to them, they've stuck around, they continued to to analyse this stuff. They had like a sort of a people's inquiry a few years ago. They might have been expected to delight in this. They were furious about it. Yeah. They, they, they sent out a very derisive press release um, not long afterwards, um, citing some of the same things that you you just mentioned you know i talked to uh you know some people at MediaWorks, um and it, it ended me uh, over the past couple of weeks they're they're not into it i mean basically it looks like you know as i as i wrote in the in my analysis of it in the aftermath you know we spent a lot of last year in, in the media talking to to chris farfoy and and sort of uh, you know basically explaining just how you know the sort of the the, the degree of uh struggle that, that was going on in the in the private sector media and the fact that the first big announcement that has come is is we're you know we're going to potentially merge the two already very powerful um government media entities and, and make something even bigger and potentially uh fund it more but it will still don't worry it's still going to be commercial so it will still compete with you uh for advertising dollars, you know, so they're transparently not happy. People who are fans of TVNZ, they're not excited about the potential for it to change and possibly get worse. RNZ exactly the same. So while there are cases for it, especially if it's able to combine its resource, the best of its news gathering, and make a better digital um, news product, which I think both parties would acknowledge as an area of weakness for them comparatively. You know, as, as you've said, like, does that mean one political editor? Does, you know, th- this would inevitably be a, a large and, and functionally expanding uh, proportion of the overall media market. It, it, cr- it certainly seems to... The Fold is brought to you by O-Media, making brands unmissable and public spaces better across Aotearoa, with over 4,000 out-of-home advertising sites nationwide across both street furniture and retail centres. I'm super grateful to O-Media for enabling us to make unmissable connections with Kiwis. Ready to rediscover the
1: joys of cycling? With over 300 kilometres of cycle paths across Tamaki Makoto, Jumping on your bike and going for a ride is such a fun way to discover the city from a different perspective. Cycling is getting more and more popular across Auckland, so now's a great time to join the hype and give cycling a go. Head to at.govt forward slash cycling to find your nearest cycleway today.
0: Under a number of different scenarios, create as many problems as it seeks to solve. If you take, just as one,
1: one example, the MediaWorks argument, which you've mentioned, which obviously they have their own interests, their, their own um, by foreign private equity, you know, um, but they're an important part of our, really important part of our news mix, I think. Their argument has been, make TVNZ commercial free, and then we will have a bigger chunk of the advertising pie. In essence, that will help us. At the moment, they don't have to pay a dividend. That's not fair. Um, so just take them out of the take them out of the market. Um, this this um, solution, while ostensibly might serve satisfy that requirement, actually is the very opposite. <laughs> because the model that is being suggested, the only one that's been talked about, is a mixed funding model, which is which has its closest Analog in RTA, which is the Irish public broadcaster that operates with commercial funding as well as public funding, and at the moment is trying to save 16 million euros a year and is in is in the shits of it. So, um, but that doesn't mean it, it can't work. Um, but 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 if you follow that through, and I mean, surely an emerged RNZ TV you would have things like a, a shared political editor, as you do at the BBC, shared business editor. You would leverage the power of your newsroom across those two platforms and online. So in effect, you will be providing a further subsidy. So assuming that TVNZ remained commercially funded, Mm. you would be providing a subsidy to uh, by the publicly funded portion of it, which is RNZ, You'd be subsidising the channel further, which would make it harder for a TV Three a MediaWorks to compete. Who knows? I mean, it could you could there are there are other I mean you can you can quibble with that. They could could be they could find a way to flatten it out. But it just I mean, and then they, they you know you'd still have a radio station, you still have a TV station. You've got some culture issues, some serious culture issues between RNZ and TVNZ. I mean, just it just there's just so many. So once you start kind of pulling at one of the threads, you see just how devastatingly complex it is to the point that I honestly, that's why I say, and, and, and again, I don't know, I kind of feel like in the end it doesn't happen. And I also wonder why, from a political point of view, if you were going to, if you, if you, what you, we know there's a problem with um, uh, organisations, including ours, including all of them, being able to fund the sort of journalism that, takes time that takes resource the sort of journalism in which you send someone off down what might be a cul-de-sac you because you're looking you know mm. that you're just turning up lots of stones you're doing work it's boring That's time consuming it's very hard for me because i'm doing the commissioning at this organization just as an example to justify that and that's why you know something like members helps make that more possible. Um, and so obviously I have a vested interest to some degree, but at the moment New Zealand on Air has stepped into that breach and and, and, and to be honest, done a pretty good job. You look at some of the work they've funded via newsroom, for example, via Stuff Circuit. And in, 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 in areas and across platforms that they weren't necessarily invented or, you know, they've had to pick up they've had to they've had to pick up the slack that's sort of fallen out and they've done a pretty good job. Why don't you just give them a fuckload more money to do more of that. I mean, that's not super hard. Maybe they will do that in the budget too. But it doesn't mean that you have to do this kind of huge paradigmatic shift, you know? Yeah. I mean, that, that's, that's, that's a kind of more a pragmatic point, I guess, that, 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 that it, just seems, it just seems incredibly foolhardy to try and feel as though you can fix something that is so rapidly changing.
0: Yeah, and it, 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 it sort of the beauty of the RNZ, sorry, the TVNZ, sorry, the New Zealand On Air, Jesus, mm. uh, model in a way is that, you know, it's its platform and organisation agnostic. It simply assesses a bunch of um, proposals and picks what it considers to be the best one in light of its myriad goals. It... Um, there are problems with it and Hal alluded to those on the, the previous episode of the the, the fold and that it's much more sort of project based. It it doesn't actually sit all that well with with journalism, but that's a that's a solvable problem. Um, and and you know, the, the so so the fact that after all this time and consideration that um they, they sort of merge two entities that are quite different or, or you know they're making a business case for merging two entities that are, are very different contains a bunch of problems rather than doing something which I think certainly the whole media, whether it's T V N Z and, and RNZ or the private sector, if you were to say we're gonna give, you know, call it fifty million dollars a year more focused on sort of public media and, and journalism to to uh you know and leaning into where where the sort of underserved audiences are, mm. I think that there would have been, you know, broad uh, support for that, even even from the likes of the um, campaign for public uh, for better public broadcasting, especially if some portion of it was was ringfenced for for RNZ. That's not the direction they went in, and
1: you'd see the results immediately. I mean, you you know you would if you if you did chuck fifty million dollars, Brandon. Mm. I mean, that the, some of you you would see the work kind of really quickly you'd be you'd approach it from a perspective in the same way that the Film Commission on New Zealand on air were to fix a market failure, which is one born in large part of scale of a population size, and you go this is how we're going to deal with it
0: yeah well yeah, exactly, I mean part of our advertising on the spin-off four for members talks about the fact that the number of uh, journalists in New Zealand has halved over the past fifteen years, you know, fifty million dollars. Would, would hire you, you know, give or take 500 journalists. And, you know, that is one of the, the th- you know, and if you were to be quite prescriptive in, in the way that you can with, with New Zealand On Air funding about where those go, you know, about the kind of local or investigative, or whatever you see the problems as being reporting, you know, that, that's, that's a, a problem that would be solved to the extent that you would see a vast volume of, uh, you know, change from that before the end of the year. Instead, we have PwC, who are likely to to, to sort of just look at organisational efficiencies because that is what consultancies and 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 accountancy firms do, uh, give, giving a report uh, in six months' time. Uh, anyway, that's um, that's the fold for this month. I, I do want to 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 shout out one one thing for RNZ because I think that the. Both the importance of and the style of what, what Guyon and, and Katie Newton have done with the um the New Zealand first donation saga has been very brave and uh and very important work and, <coughs> and precisely the kind of work. I mean Guyon's whole you know, leaving morning report to become a sort of a roving investigative report who might go months between putting something out. I mean, that's exactly the kind of thing we're talking about, right? Um, and, and he has been photographed and, uh, and his work attacked by the Deputy Prime Minister. Um, so I think that, that's pretty extraordinary. What, what have you made of that saga?
1: Yeah, it's been a strange one. We talked about this a bit on Gone By Lunchtime, the uh, politics podcast, about the, the strange way it played out and as far as it coming out of a magic talk interview that Peter Williams conducted with Woodster Peters in which he said we took them these photographs of Matt Shand and Guy and and Um I think it's I think it's disappointing it's not wildly surprising um, it also points I suppose to the trend that's happening in lots of parts of the world including in one very prominent example that everyone knows where political people attempt to bypass the mainstream media. So Winston Peters has been doing these Facebook Lives sort of with or without incredibly crummy audio. Um, And, you know, he sort of uh, expressly... I mean, everyone does them, you know, Jacinda Ardern is always on the live stream, but expressly with the purpose of, uh, you know, avoiding the the evil uh, mainstream media. He's even using phrases like "the media party," which is one that followers of Cameron Slater, Simon Lusk, and that whole dirty politics crew will know well. They use it all the time. So, yeah, um, it's pretty disappointing.
0: Yeah, I, th- I think it's it's pretty um, unpleasant, and I think also points to the the sort of dangers of um, you know having. a, a yeah, you know, a a large merged entity that is effectively um you know, has, has the potential to be have its have its budgets or or its uh you know, organizational priorities influenced yeah. by yeah. someone like Winston Peters in that yeah. kind of a position. Um you know, and, and suggest that uh <laughs> I don't know. It's 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 another good no, re- no. good I mean, reason. I
1: mean, that, I mean Winston Peters likes to from time to time make jokes about things like that. Um and Hilarious. They, they, are, they are jokes, but underneath them, it's, a, it's, a, you know, it's, it's like lots of those jokes that are just jokes. Yeah. You know Until they're not.
0: Yeah. Uh, well, that is the, the fold for this month. I want to thank very much uh, Alice Web-Liddle, uh for... I
1: also want to thank Alice Webladal, who we forgot to say happy birthday to on Gone By Lunchtime when it was her birthday. We recorded one, one a couple of days ago.
0: She's wearing her new birthday shoes.
1: So I'm going to fix that now. Happy birthday, Alice.
0: Um, and that's the fold for this month. Uh, If you enjoyed it, please consider giving us a little bit of money through the spinoff.co.nz forward slash members. Uh, And please like and subscribe and rate us only if you think it's really good. Um, If you don't like it, please don't rate us. Uh, And I'll see you next month. Ciao. That was The Fold, brought to you by our partners at O-Media, making brands unmissable and public spaces better across Aotearoa. Huge thanks to O-Media for sponsoring this episode of The Fold and enabling us to make unmissable connections with Kiwis.
1: Kia ora e te butler here, podcast manager at The Spin-Off.